Shattered Order Podcast. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. With your hosts, Good Night Punk. Doesn't like you. And Rim Killer Inc. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We'll want it men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! This week on the Shattered Order Podcast, we talk about the new Rogue One characters that were recently made farmable and do a little bit of theory crafting. Welcome to episode 38 of the Shattered Order Podcast. You are probably not expecting to hear my voice first, but as you know... I am Wink. I am here because Dan is unavailable. We couldn't make it happen today. So I brought in our first ever returning guest, Eric. How's it going? Good, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think uh, I think Dan is in uh, Imperial Prison somewhere. That's probably exactly so what happened. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, droid smuggling or something like that, I'm sure. Yeah, he, he's he's bad about that. Damn it, Dan. Oh, well, we will suffer through without Dan driving the ship. So we'll see how good of a pilot I am on this thing. Should be fun, though. Yeah, and I'll do, my, I'll do my best to help out. So. Sounds good. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to go through the community update, which there wasn't a whole lot, but we're going to kind of talk about some of the characters that were made available and able to farm and all that good stuff. We're going to do a little bit of theory crafting with some Rogue One characters and just give some general thoughts on a few things that have kind of changed and been going on lately. Sound like fun? Yeah, sounds great. You know, the interesting thing about um, your statement about there not being a lot uh, for the community update this week, wonder if we kind of got so saturated with all the new content, um, new tunes, and, and uh, like the, these mini events or marquee events that are going on that now that it's kind of starting to settle down it feels like not a lot's going on even though we still have a few more on the on the near horizon right yeah that's a good point i mean that uh, well unlike what was it last week i think there was literally nothing like right nothing at all but we do at least have a little bit and it's kind of some exciting stuff for the most part so yeah. we'll start with they added Ezra, Zeb, and Sabine to the game. Uh, I mean, we knew all these characters were coming a couple episodes ago. Dan and I kind of did some theory crafting on the whole Phoenix squad and ways to use them and uh, all that good stuff. So we touched on that. Um, as of now, we're recording on Sunday, so the Zeb events already passed. Yeah. So everybody should have their Zeb. Now, this upcoming week, starting March 30th, the Ezra event, Practice Makes Perfect, will be going live, and it'll be just like the other ones, uh, you know, the four tiers, and 
fairly easy except for the last one, which, uh, yeah, you know the procedure on these. Yeah, um, something interesting actually about sorry, Michael, about the the Ezra one is it sounds like for those those tiers, the 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 your who you're fighting actually at the end of that tier is um, is Canaan. Uh, Really? Does that make sense? So you go through the level and and the the last the last tier for each of those to get the Ezra shards is actually Canaan, uh, I believe. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, and then the I don't want to get too ahead of you, but then the one for Sabine is actually like I think a tank or something like that. Uh, the Idol Imperial Tie Fighter. That one I knew. Oh. Okay. Tank Tie Fighter. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I am looking at the official show notes and it says, Join forces with Ezra Bridger as you help this young Jedi train at Chopper Base. Keep your wits about you, as the final encounter in each stage will also be a solo training battle between Ezra and his mentor, Kanan. Yeah, very cool. Nice. So we get to see a little bit of Kanan in action, too, if you haven't, you know, been working on him or whatever. And then we move to April 6th. That is when you'll be able to get Sabine, Art of Demolition. This is where you'll join forces with Sabine Wren and destroy an idle Imperial TIE Fighter. Be sure to formulate the best strategy with Sabine as each of her abilities, which the tutorial details, work best on different tiers. So that will be the last one that kind of sums up all of the Phoenix squad. And then you obviously have the daily event to get your chopper shards, which hopefully no one has missed. Right. I'm actually most excited about Sabine. So it's interesting that they left her to last. I don't know if that means that a lot of people are excited about her, but uh, I think from a, yep. like a, you know, tune kit, she seems the most interesting. I'm with you. Uh, Sabine and Ezra both, I think, seem super interesting. Um, and Hera. But Hera, you know, we've already got. So I think yeah. Hera's actually probably my favorite. But, yeah, Sabine's pretty interesting as well. So that'll wrap up all of the Phoenix Squad characters. Um, so there's been a lot of talk. I've seen this on Reddit. Some people not necessarily liking the way they're designed. Like, you know, they're graphics and looks what do you think of them do you have an issue with them or do first off do Actually, you do you watch rebels i do okay. i do uh, i think i'm all caught up um and and actually i was concerned how they were going to translate their their cartoon um likenesses into the game and so far i think they look good i actually don't have any complaints i know some people didn't like sabine's smile and stuff like that but um, I think for all intents and purposes, they made them look a little more realistic. Can I even say that about a pixel design well, tune? That makes sense. They're just not as cartoony, right? So Yeah, and that's the thing with Rebels. It's cartoony looking. Like right? That's the design of the show versus, you know, all the movies, which are obviously real life. So you got all these other characters. I mean, like Kylo and Gerald Kenobi and whoever else. They're all fairly realistic looking. And then you're bringing right. in these characters that are a little bit more cartoony looking by design so it looks like they kind of found that balance in between mm -hmm. so cool yeah, um, but I, I i did see what you said i mean i know a lot of people were singling out sabine's smile yeah. i'm actually taking a look at my roster right now i don't remember it seeming that bad so yeah i don't i mean obviously it's 
until she's released, it's hard to like really get a good look. That, but I don't think point. she looks that bad. Plus, in game, you know, like these um, these kind of in your inventory when you look at a character, that isn't necessarily how they actually look uh, in Arena and Galaxy War and stuff like that. So, yeah, That's I, I think it's okay. I think they did a good job. So. Well, uh, I have a question for you, Michael. Go for so, it. Uh, we've had some conversations, and I know that you're excited about Hera um, and she, how she may be pertinent to some of your theory crafting for your arena teams. Mm-hmm. Have you been supplementing the the shards that we get from their their uh, mini events with the ten dollar um, packs that they release for a limited time? I have the, not. The week you have not. Nope. I haven't spent money on the game in quite some time, and uh, yeah, so I I have not been buying those. Have you bought any? I bought the Hera one. Um, just you know, it was it was a very beginning of the wave um, when they started releasing them, and I bought the Hera one, not wanting to be behind. Um, if they ended up being like really good, and uh, their synergies were strong enough to maybe be somebody that you could run in arena um but that was the only one i ended up skipping uh kanan i might do sabine um and i i don't know you know like i I spend some money on the game but i definitely don't spend anywhere close to you know what i what i did last year i've just been i do my subscription and once in a while um i might pick up like a four cash pack where you actually know what you're going to get I don't like the RNG of like chromiums and stuff like that. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm not a fan of that either. I mean, if you're going to spend money on the game, I think the $10 deal on the characters is a pretty good deal by all accounts. It's probably one of the better deals besides like the crystal subscription you were talking about. Uh, so, yeah, that's not a bad way to go. If I was going to buy one, I would have bought Harrah's because yeah. I, I like her a lot, but I did not. And, and I will say, you know, I, I'd love to know, I'd love to sit in a strategy meeting with their, with EA's like revenue team uh, or even their marketing team and just see how this new release cadence, and it may be too early, but how this new release cadence is starting to show up like from a monetization standpoint. Yeah. Because it's very easy for you and I have a discussion and say, well, I really like these new um, Phoenix Squadron tunes. I know that they're going to be farmable in three months and I'm willing to wait. Three months sounds like a long time uh, in the game, but if you think about how long we've been playing and how things kind of feel like they move at a fast clip, um, not that bad. No, I agree. And there's always going to be people that want to get those characters because you get these good Mm -hmm. characters and this is something we're actually about. Actually, I'll save that for whenever we get into something else here in a second. Um, so we'll go ahead and dig into the force moon event we just had. That should be over by the time you're listening to this. Hopefully you were able to do it twice. Um, it was nice. This was first time I was like, just be able to hit auto and just auto through the whole thing. Didn't have to deal with it much. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, what'd you think? I actually played it. Oh, did you? It is uh, like, I think it's funny how. That was the first time it came around. The very first time it came around, I think I might have beat the first tier. I maybe I didn't, um, 
and I thought it was so hard. Um, and now, you know, now as enough time has gone past and Empire has risen and we all have, you know, at least a few maxed out Empire tunes. Now it seems super easy. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Uh, next thing, April Logan character landed with a pow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I like their, uh, their team. pun. That was good. Um, yeah. So yeah, Pal obviously uh, is the login character. We'll dig into him here shortly. Sith Assassin, Darth Nihilus, Sith Trooper, Director Krennic, Death Trooper. All added to shipments. Very exciting. And I believe also um, Nihilus, Trooper, and Assassin were all uh, put into Chromium Packs as well. So yes. all those characters, you can actually start farming, start saving your crystals, and working on those guys. I've already bought some Darth Nihilus shards, because uh, I'm going to try to get him to at least four star, maybe five, and because I am using him in Arena. Um, so yeah. So I have, uh, I've been running Sith Trooper, or Sith Assassin, I'm sorry, in Arena yep. for a while, so obviously I got her her fourth star, and then I ended up just getting a four star for Darth Nihilus and Sith Trooper. Um I too have, I've been running Darth Nihilus, um, in arena as well. Not, not every day. Uh, it depends on who I'm fighting. Um, and then Sith Trooper is someone that I really want. Um, he's just a very expensive gear. So I ended up just grabbing enough shards to four star him. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go past four star in any of them. Um, but, uh, I was very excited to at least get that. It ends up having to be 12, uh, 12 shards because we all needed 10, but yeah. you can't buy two. So, yeah. but that, that made me happy. I actually spent some of my crystals to do that. So. Nice. And you're a hoarder. So that's, that's saying something if you're spending your crystals. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Eric here is the hoarder in our guild. Like if, if you expect anyone to get like a million credits and a hundred thousand crystals, like he's the guy, like he, he's, that guy like every character he has basically has green plus signs all over him like yeah yep <laughs> i only i only i only gear up and level up tunes that i'm actually going to use but you know in all fairness i did i did just g11 uh general kenobi and darth nihilus a week ago so good choices and you know me i'm uh, you know I, I shout out to a couple people in our guild um gig um and and Michael or Optimus, I mean, these guys humor me every single day. I, I'm surprised they haven't deleted me from their friend list because I ask them the same questions over and over again. Because now I have all the gear to do bays. Um, Ooh. And, and uh, you know, I've been sitting on that because I didn't know if I should do uh, Savage and Zay to him or just do bays. I feel like Savage is the more exciting uh, tune, but Baze is the more like functional conservative, but but works really well. Well, right? Um, yeah, he works so in they, every yeah. team. Like he's yeah, he's he is plug and play. So yeah, hard to go wrong. But they they humor me. Actually, I sometimes hit you up as well. I just yep. try not. You know, I'm never going to be invited onto the podcast if I fall out of your good graces so you only get a question like every week or so you know <laughs> yeah that's true yeah you've slowed down a lot i haven't noticed as many questions from you that's a good point <laughs> uh 
Well, well uh, it's paying off, right? Because I'm on the yeah, podcast today. So that's true. It did pay off for you, no doubt. Yeah. So this was actually something that you brought up that you wanted to talk about, which is a great idea for this episode. Um, release cadence. Uh, this is you know something we kind of briefly touched on in the past that they're kind of giving us a schedule that they're going on. They're going to release these characters, then they're going to make them go into Chromium, then they're going to be you know farmable. So they just mm-hmm. made all the Rogue One characters actually farmable. Uh, the uh, I guess Sith characters they just made. In Chromium, so, you know, a couple months from now, they'll be farmable. Now, what is your theory on this release cadence? You you had something you kind of wanted to say in regards to it. Yeah, no, uh, so my original statement when we were uh, talking about the, the podcast before we started recording is, is the new release cadence changing the meta? And I think that there's kind of a two-prong approach. Sometimes I think when people say meta, they may just mean... <clears throat> the the tunes that that are used in arena um to to be competitive but then i also think that uh you could look at it in another aspect where if you look at it more holistically um the meta being what enough people are doing to see some sort of um in like a see a shift um, in the main characters that are being you. used in arena yeah and um, so when you have tunes that are exclusive to Chromium uh, or Whales, you know what I mean? Like, I think you get like a small kind of microcosm of people who can afford to gear them up. And, and they're probably at the higher end of your arena. Um, and maybe you can beat them. Maybe you can't, depending on the other farmable tunes that you have. But I think we're now moving into a, a new stage in the game where no tune is actually totally off limits for anybody. Like you were saying, you could save your crystals and now buy Darth Nihilus, Sith Trooper, Sith Assassin, and they're all very good tunes. So I feel like the the barriers to entry um, are now starting to fall. And like we were talking about, three months is not a very long time. Um, And now everybody's going to be able to farm the Rogue One tunes. Granted, you could make the argument that Baze is still not free to play. I mean, I've been farming his node since he was yeah. released, and honestly, I've gotten three shards. I got zero this morning. I mean, yep. it's that's going to take a very long time. It's it, it's basically from zero to seven star. I mean, I, he's viable at four stars, but that's a year. That's a year if you get if you average one shard a day. So, yep. anyway, so the interesting the interesting thought I had just is with this new release cadence, you know, are we going to see a shift in the meta? And and I think some people, I, I don't think everybody, but I think some people are going to start to find, um, you know, you know how we went through a period where Wiggs was on every single arena team. Like if you wanted to be competitive in arena, you had to, you had to be running Wiggs. Yeah. Um, and people, you know, I mean, there's so many posts on the forum, how they're like, you know, nerf wigs or you know get rid of wigs because you just fought him over and over again or them in galaxy war and arena i wonder if we're going into a new a new stage i think the only thing that may save us from that uh is that there's now so many farmable tunes that you have to focus right if you if you really want to 
you really want to gear somebody up, now it takes commitment, right? G11 is no joke in terms of farming gear and getting shards for somebody, so... Yep, and that's the thing. So, like, somebody that's been playing a long time, like me, I've been playing ever since the game came out, basically. And Mm -hmm. so I have this collection of characters, and I can kind of move one in and out of arena pretty easily. I tend to run non-meta teams to... You do. So it's a little bit easier for with my strategy to just move a character in and out. Like, I farmed heavy on mods, so I got my base set of mods that I need, and then I can just move a character in and out as needed to make the team do what I need it to do. So that's yeah. always been my strategy for Arena. Well, this cadence is kind of interesting in that you'll be seeing the shifting meta a little bit more often, I think. So, like you were saying with the wigs, we moved from wigs to tanky characters. Like, that was the logical step to go from the high, fast damage to getting rid of that, is you have to have characters that will survive that, that can then kill the low health characters. So, Mm -hmm. that led into where we're at now, which was, you know, the mall leads and the rex leads and all that stuff to get the health bonuses and the evasion and... In general, I mean, like, Darth Nihilus um, and all these characters, they got a lot of health. So they're kind of hard to get through. And people are starting to get Kenobi. Like, there were a lot of, you know, guilds that were maybe... uh, Guilds that were clearing Tier 7 Rancors super easy are getting to the point where they are at least farming General Kenobi now. And a lot of them are unlocking General Kenobi. So with him becoming more popular, he's obviously... uh, really hefty tank it just it really killed the use for that high damage characters now if you're on a younger shard it's going to be a little bit different obviously because you kind of have to follow whatever's going on in your leaderboard to kind of hold serve but i think this cadence is meant to shake up the meta a little bit more often so yeah they're kind of doing the alternating light dark thing is what it kind of seems like you got these phoenix characters that seem to work really well together uh they synergize really well together um the thing i think's interesting is that april is you know another light side character so i'm kind of interested to see where they go with that but these uh i, I think i'll be curious to see if phoenix actually kind of disturbs the meta or not because i think a lot of those characters while they're amazing as a team, I don't know how amazing they'll be as just a solid team. Um, I know I've seen... Uh, oh, who is the the super well? I've seen a picture of their team on Reddit. Skycrack? Skycrack, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, is already using uh, Chopper, Hera, and... Kanan. Kanan with Chariot and yeah. something else. and like General Kenobi. Oh no, Chariot and K two. Yeah, I remember. I, I don't. But remember. I, I, you know, the interesting thing is, I, I think there was like a video attached with that, and um, it didn't seem like the team was very hard to beat. Yeah, and w- that's kind of what's interesting about the Phoenix characters is as good as they are as a team. I'm not sure how well they they will hold serve on defense, or how well they'll stack up against these Darth Maul leads because, you know, at 
a Darth Maul teams, they're they're kind of tough. They're I mean, they're no joke. That that evasion's just annoying as hell. So I kind of think that they'll have to introduce something that really kills evasion to get rid of the Darth Maul teams. Yeah. Like maybe or stagger. Yeah, we'll have uh, to see. I think we're gonna see a leader ability that has like plus 15% accuracy or yeah, like a focus or something, a new ability maybe, or something along those lines that'll help kind of push this meta out of the way maybe in a month or so. But yeah, who knows? You know, Michael actually didn't, I wasn't okay. uh, Besides, um, uh, Sharut and Bayes, I wasn't too blown away by the rogue one tunes. Um, and I did last week. I did fight a fully maxed out, uh, fully modded Rogue One uh, team, and it was hard. It was hard. It took me, you know, it took me my Rebel team, and then I ended up bringing my Arena team. And you know, I run Maul, right? Um, yeah. And that was really hard to beat. Uh, a lot harder than I thought it would be. Between Baze and K two, continuously taunting. Um, I was getting torn up. Yeah. Interesting. That was just a, a random statement or comment just yeah. because we were talking about these synergistic teams and, and whether they're viable or not. I'm sure, I'm sure the Phoenix squadron team will be good. I mean, we now we're now seeing like in my, uh, in my arena, it's almost all Rex lead and, and mall lead. There is yeah. one first order team. Um, and then I think one general Kenobi, uh, team with, you know, maxed out Jedi. There's a few Qui-Gon leads in mind, but it's mostly Rex and Rex and Maul. But who are you running right now as leader? Well, right now I am running Rex as lead. I am using Kylo, of course, general Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, pulled, well, I pulled Boba for Darth Nihilus, and I wasn't super crazy about that, so I ended up pulling Emperor Palpatine and putting Boba back in. So Rex, Kylo, General Kenobi, Nihilus, and Boba is the team I'm currently running. And I actually spent some Zetas on Darth Nihilus's Unique, so that was my third. Uh, that's, wow. Yeah, that's actually a really nice ability uh, for because uh, it... It puts a debuff on characters, which increases the chance of him stealing their cooldown on his AoE. And mm-hmm. my Darth Nihilus is like 200-ish speed, but because of all these mole teams, those teams almost entirely go before my Darth Nihilus gets to go. So there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be stealing some cooldowns. So, wow. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I like it. And it's really nice... Uh, Whenever General Kenobi gives retribution to Darth Nihilus, and so like if somebody does an AOE, he counters and he debuffs them and reduces his AOE cooldown. It actually pairs really well together, surprisingly. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so what is your arena team? Who are you running? Yeah, so I I just made a, a change um, this week as well, and I my team's in flux. Like I. I just need to decide if I'm going to gear up uh, Baze and Shrewd or if I'm going to 
uh, do Savage. Um, but right now I'm running uh, Maul, um, Kylo, Uzaded, uh, Darth Nihilus, Boba, and Sith Assassin. Um, and I did the same. I took Emperor out and put Darth Nihilus in only because I feel like it's a little better on defense. But yep. it's, it's really hard for me to, you know, to tell you with any certainty if if it is better on defense or not because my arena shard is really active and so like i'll finish first or second more often than not and i'll end up the next morning being at 20 and having to fight back down so i've yet to find a team for me that that will hold its place and i don't even know if that's entirely possible um with just how competitive the arena shards are right now yep Uh, there's not a single team in my shard um that doesn't get knocked out of the top 10 during the day so there's a few that don't get knocked out of the top 10 in mine uh kind of varies but there's several people that kind of finish in the top that usually get knocked down to the 20s kind of like you're talking um and we actually have a discord where we we all chat and we kind of help a few of the other guys like get up there and like we all have packs with each other. Certain guys we won't attack. There are some guys that we're not particularly fond of that'll attack us times they shouldn't be. And so we always try to keep those guys from, uh, you know, doing as well as they could. But if if you don't have something like that with your arena, uh, I highly suggest it because it's really nice to know everyone's payouts and it can keep you from wasting battles and not having to do refreshes to finish where you need to. Just being able to work with people and everything. So... There's me and one other guy that pretty much always finish first or second. Like, if he's in first and I'm in third, like, I won't attack him. I'll go to second before I attack him. Like, and he kind of does the same thing to me. And so it's nice. It kind of, you still have the competition, but you're not necessarily screwing other people out of crystals unnecessarily. So it's a really good idea. So I I tried to bring, um, you know, my arena shard together, at least some of the people. but I didn't get much luck in getting responses, but there's two guys in the 502nd Legion uh, guild transform and Petrelli who I talked to. um, And they're actually both great guys. They helped me with a lot of theory crafting and stuff, but that's, that's the best I could do. A lot of everybody else either has no interest in, in communicating or just not very good at finding a way to get a hold of them. I tried through the official forums and stuff, but, yeah. And but the positive thing is it looks like um in my top 10 I pretty I pretty much have you know the only I'm the only one in the top 10 or top 20 that has a specific time payout. So that helps that helps me a lot because in ships it's not the same. Uh, there's a couple of to- a couple of people who have the same payout as me. Um and obviously then you get back to the it starts to become more of a strategy. All right, well, there's 10 minutes left until payout. Yep. I should fight, you know, at nine minutes to, so I, because the likelihood of me getting moved out of first place or sniped with two minutes to go is, you know, I'm willing to assume that risk. And so there's the strategy of actually winning. And then there's a strategy of when to fight. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, um, Let's get into some Rogue One characters. So this right. was obviously the big thing from this update is 
Bestang went to the Cantina store. Bays went to Lightside 9C. K2SO went to the Galactic War store. Jin is in the Guild store. Cassian is in the Squad Arena store. And Cherit is in the Fleet store. Uh, so obviously, Bays and Cherit are going to be the two most difficult to farm. And then Jin's the third most. And then after that, they're all not too terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little sad that Baze is as hard to get as he is. And I've only had Cherit show up once, which is a little frustrating. But, man, yeah. that, that light side 9C, like, just being it, only getting three attempts, it's basically averages out to one shard a day. It's kind of frustrating. It is. I wonder, I wonder if people are still buying bays in, in the shop for crystals. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, if you want them, it's worth it. So, Yeah. I've considered it a few times. It's going to take me forever. Yeah. I got him to four stars by buying him through um, crystals. So... That's I think that dedication. You, like I, I think yeah. I think Dan. Uh, I think Dan was saying last week that I think he's just started farming base. I think from zero, it's going to take him a long time. Yeah, I, I'm at four shards to a cantina node. So at some point, hopefully, that would be really nice. Like even if there's nobody in that last tier of cantina, so it'd be nice if they'd stick someone there, even if it is like Maze Hell, it's still going to take a long time, but at least you can kind of control it to some extent. Think how long, Michael, think how long it took for us to seven star uh, first order tie pilot. Um, and yeah. he has two heart nodes. I mean, that, that took a long time. Oh yeah. And even like bone sergeant who has three, it still takes forever. Yes. I mean, I've been slowly collecting all the shards for, uh, clones just you know if I end up you know wanting to get them uh, geared up for uh, the AAT tank raid and clone sergeant is the one that's taking forever I think I'm like 15 out of 100 but do it every day religiously and it's slow and he has three <laughs> he has three so yeah yeah, it's, it's tough. So if you're dedicated to base, but the good thing about base is he is totally usable at even three star. So once you yeah. unlock him, you can gear him up and you can throw him into your arena team or whatever. And he's going to be pretty viable. Uh, but the problem is you got to get through light side 9B hard and then 9C hard and, you know, three star it to be able to do it. Uh, yeah. So there was, there was a Discord channel that, um, smithy d started there's a lot of people going there and chat and i gave out my ally code to a few people there to help them out mm -hmm. um and i was going to do that here on the podcast i currently have 12 slots available my leader is a maxed out general kenobi that's at five stars so anyone that wants to you are more than welcome to add me as an ally uh i am going to clear out some other people too that don't really need my assistance so what I'm going to ask you to do is if you do add me so that you can be, you know, light side 9C or whatever, after you beat it, please delete me as an ally. What I'll probably do is maybe try to clear it out every week or so, uh, delete some people, and that way I can add some other people and, you know, help more people uh, beat, the, beat the challenge, basically. So if, cool. if you need help, and you want my ally code, 
I'll go ahead and list it here. I will also put it on our uh, Reddit post for this episode. Uh, it will be 272-797-521. So it will basically be first come, first serve for now. And then, you know, if you don't get it this week, maybe try it again next week. And hopefully some of those people will have cleared me out or I will have cleared some more space and help you guys get that thing beat because it's not exactly easy. Yeah. I think I borrowed um, Rich in our guild. I think I borrowed his OB, old Ben. Yeah, I think... Um, obviously, I think, that was before General Kenobi was yeah. out. But. I think old Ben's who I borrowed to 3-star 9C, and then I think whenever I 3-star 9B, my team was my General Kenobi lead, and I borrowed a Jin, and then I used my wigs with Anakin and Rex. And was able to uh, three star that one. Joel Kenobi's awesome. He's he's he helps a ton on those. Just being able to yeah. cleanse and call the assists and everything. So everybody, get that thing beat and get to farming your bays. You know, in in giving your ally uh, code out, I I bet you somebody's going to end up writing it in the bathroom at Mos Eisley Cantina <laughs> for a good. For a good time, add this ally. Hey, that's a good idea. Sharpie, sharpie that on the wall. Yeah, I, I like that. That's definitely, you know, definitely have a good time by adding that ally code. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, what we're gonna do next is do a little bit of theory crafting with some of these characters. We're kind of gonna skip Bays and Chariot because I figure most people basically know how they work by now. They've if you haven't battled them in Arena, you've fought them in Galactic War or something. So we're kind of going to ignore them for the most part. But we're going to talk about uh, Pal, Jin, Cassian, K2SO, and Bistan. Uh, going to just kind of go over the, some of their skills, what we like about them, and how we think that they might be able to be used in either a Rebel team or your existing Arena team to make it better. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. All right. Let's start with the April character of the month. Pal, who is an unrelenting rebel attacker with a mighty battle cry. Um, I, I kind of want to play with the sound on, actually hear what his battle cry is. Yeah, I, I just thought the same thing, because I have the sound <laughs> turned off most of the time. Yeah, so Even do I. I think the sound in the game is amazing. Um, I still can't get over the the little ship. Uh, the fleet, yeah, the fleet. Oh. The music there is just so soothing. I love it. It's my favorite in the game. <laughs> uh, so he has his basic ability. He has two specials and a unique. His basic ability deals physical damage to target enemy. And if Pal has any buffs, deal damage again. If the target has any debuffs, deal damage a third time. His Both of his specials have 11 turn cooldowns, which will get into in a second um his first one sakala all allies gain offense up for two turns and pal gains 40 percent turn meter sonic grenade deal physical damage to all enemies with a 70 percent chance to inflict defense down for two turns now it's i like guys that give offense up uh that's 
the primary reason why I started using Anakin when I was using him in my arena team. So I definitely find that pretty interesting. And the fact that he deals damage again, you know, for the buffs, kind of interesting. I'm a big fan of offense up. I am not sure how useful it is in this current meta, though. Um, his... It definitely helps in AAT for me. Oh, but yeah. I run I run kind of weird teams in AAT right now, just based on who I have that's viable at heroic level. Yeah, I haven't been putting much effort into those lately, so I have no comment on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, his unique ability is whenever a rebel ally uses a basic attack, it reduces Pal's cooldown by one, and if you Zeta him. It'll give him 5% turn meter every time a rebel ally uses a basic attack. 5%? Wow. So. <laughs> That's a little underwhelming. But. It is, but. And it's only on basic attacks, which is a problem. However, if you're running. Uh, if you're running this guy with Biggs, when Biggs does his special, he mm -hmm. calls in two basic attacks. So that would automatically give him 10% turn meter and reduces cooldowns by two off of Big's single attack. So I kind of think if you're using this guy, he almost needs to be paired with Biggs and Wedge because of what I just said, you know, the cooldown and um, calling the assist. Other than that... What, um, about, what about K2? K2. Uh, well... Do you think K two? Do you think K two? Um, you know when he's taunting and and you attack him, how he counters. Wonder if that counts as a basic. Uh, yes, it would. All counters are basic, so yeah that that would be interesting. And so basically, that's that's a good point. Anyone that counters, um, so using a general Kenobi to give retribution. Uh, like what I was mm -hmm. talking about my arena team with Nihilus earlier, like you get these guys countering, that's going to be reducing cooldown whenever those rebels counter. Um, so let's go ahead and, since you mentioned it, let's go ahead and dig into K2SO next. Um, okay. And so the last thing I want to say about Pow that is just interesting and, and maybe you want might want to comment on it. He reminds me a lot of Bistan in the sense that Uh, like Pow is he's fast. He doesn't he doesn't do much damage, even even maxed out based on uh SWGO HGG. Yep. So it's just it's interesting. I think it's it's a little different in the sense that right now people don't think Pow is gonna be good. And when we saw Bistan uh before he was released, everybody thought that he was gonna be OP. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, they these two, they remind me a lot of each other, and, I, and not just aesthetically looking. I did just recently watch Rogue One again, and prior to Pow being released in game, um, at least you know just so you could see uh, in the inventory as him as a, as an unlocked tune. Um, uh, I did have them confused, the two of them. Well, so. they both get benefits from uh, rebels using abilities. So I definitely right. see kind of what you're talking about there. Um, and so Pal's basically more of a support character, in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. due to the fact that he gives the offense up and he does the defense down. I mean, he basically, 
he makes your rebel attackers stronger. That's kind of his job, uh, which seems kind of odd for an attacker. I'm not exactly sure why he's listed as an attacker because, I mean, health-wise, I would say he's an attacker. He's got 30,000 total or 32,000 total health. Um, these, I mean, pretty good potency. He doesn't yeah. do a lot of damage. Uh, I know this is unmodded, but his damage amounts, you know, 1,900 to 2,100, which is pretty underwhelming. But he can attack a third time, but even still with crits, that's a little underwhelming. And his speed's 145, so he's kind of, I think he's a lot more of a support character than an attack character. And I think that's probably how he should be used. I agree. He should have actually, well, instead of uh, a Scarif Rebel Pathfinder, he actually should be the second one for Bistan's U-Wing. But, oh, yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I see. I see your argument there. But he wasn't sorry, released I at the time. So, a bit. Yeah. yeah, no, I know. I know. Um, Perfect world. <laughs> true. And we don't even have Cassians yet, so. Yeah. Right. Um, so K2SO, his basic ability deals physical damage to target enemy with 70% chance to inflict offense down for two turns. Uh, his special deal physical damage to target enemy and daze them for two turns. And if Cassian Andor is present, he is called to assist. Uh, unique whenever K2SO has a, uh, whenever he attacks, he has a 75% chance to taunt. For one turn. He has a 100% chance when buffed. This taunt is dispelled whenever he takes damage. So it's basically just a single attack taunt. Uh, right. And then K2SO has a 97.6 counter chance. It's halved whenever he's debuffed. In addition, he gains 1% max protection whenever he takes damage. So the fact that he gains max protection whenever he takes damage means that you should probably use someone that heals protection with him. I think we'll probably talk about someone who does that here shortly. But he's, like what we talked about there a second ago, he could be a good character. So, like, if you're using Pow, him, and Cassian, you'll be getting some assists, you'll be getting some counters. They could be pretty good characters to pair with, uh, to pair with Pow if you're trying to make him interesting. The only thing is I'm not sure how much damage you would have, you know, with those three characters on team, but it would certainly reduce cooldowns of POW. Um, hmm. You have any thoughts on K2SO? He's pretty underwhelming for the most part. I mean, I just now unlocked him. I haven't done anything with him, but uh, haven't been impressed by what I've seen. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm on iOS, so I didn't get him 7-star. Uh, I won't. I won't bring up any saltiness with that. Um, but now that he's farmable, I just, I just can't bring myself to, to farm him. Um, like I said, I, I mean, I, I, I bought him a couple of times. Um, and you know, uh, I've seen him on some droid teams in arena. Um, not, not in my A account, but in my B account, which is, I don't know, around a hundred or 150 in arena rank. Um, and he can be pesky, but he's just, I don't know. He's just not amazing. Yeah. So, um, not much of a threat. 
but but that fully maxed out Rogue One team I got in Node Eleven in Galaxy War. Uh, he's a he was a pain. He's a pain. Um, but again, I think I think with an arena team, you need to you need to find like a some some balance. You need to have uh, good defensive characters, uh, taunters. Um, but you, you need to have some damage dealers as well. And so I just don't know if K2, it const, I, I don't constitute, uh, I don't think he constitutes a, an attacker, um, like he doesn't do enough damage. So I just don't know if, if he's worthy of a place on, a, on an arena team, um, given the fact that he does have a one-turn taunt, but he doesn't do a lot of damage. I just don't know if there's enough pluses to warrant him taking up a space instead of someone else, you know? I'm with you, 100%. Like I said, I, I think his primary usage could be helping power reduces cooldowns, and I don't think even that's all that useful. Yeah. Well, let's dig into a couple characters who are a little bit more interesting. Let's go to Vistan, who... I was pretty excited about whenever he was first announced. Uh, he was, I thought he was really exciting. I mean, God, when, when was it we talked about him? Probably some episode back in October, maybe. It's been a long time. We did a little bit of theory crafting with this guy, but we're going to revisit it now that you can actually farm him, and, and I am farming him. Going to try to get him seven star, and I may try to make a little bit of use out of him. We'll see. For Arena Michael or for uh, AAT? Because uh, I've heard some people talking about him maybe being good in uh, AAT. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that or even really thought about it. I kind of think about everything in terms of Arena. So, uh... so, so you know how he... Well, I know you're going to get into his stats, but he can deal uh, damage over time. And so he would be good for um, like a dot team like Vader, uh, maybe like phase two of AAT. Anybody who can, who can put dots on dots on the tank, yeah. like uh, shaman and, um, and he's a, and I know some people use Boba. Um, but I think Bistan is probably like shaman, um, just more consistent. Like it's, it's easier. It's, there's not as much RNG of whether he's going to land, um, his damage over time. All right, so I'm going to read into his abilities and kind of explain why what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. Uh, his basic ability deals physical damage target enemy with 70% chance to inflict the damage over time for three turns. His frenzy, which is his special ability, Vistan gains frenzy for four turns and all other allies gain 20% turn meter. Frenzy. Whenever another ally uses a special ability, this unit gains 100% turn meter. Deal, uh, sorry, Gunner Tactics, which has a three-turn cooldown. Uh, deal physical damage target enemy and remove turn meter equal to Bistan's potency. So, the turn meter removal ability, that's obviously not going to be useful against the tanks. So, phase two and four, right. not very useful. Um... He does gain 10% potency for each rebel ally and each debuffed enemy. Um, depending on what the team is, like if you're using him on, say, a Vader team for the tank, I'm 
there's probably not going to be a whole lot of other rebels, so you're probably going to have to add potency to him for sure. Uh, but where he becomes pretty interesting, like what you're saying, like under a Vader lead or something along those lines, is that frenzy ability. So when he uses that, every time someone else uses a special ability, he gains 100% turn meter. But that's only for four turns. So four special abilities, he'll gain 100% turn meter, and he'll get to use that basic. So that's that's a lot of chance to inflict even more damage over times because you're going to have people using special abilities, uh, you know, depending on where he is in your turn order. Most people, you know, have two special abilities, so he'll he'll definitely be getting that frenzy quite a bit. Um, and another important part is that all other gal, uh, all other allies gain twenty percent, uh, you know, turn meter on his frenzy. So if you can set him up to kind of give turn meter, maybe at the back of your lineup or something along those lines, to get everyone kind of refreshed, going and get on their second turn, you could, uh, you could probably do some pretty good damage to that tank and use that turn meter to gain to help knock out those turrets. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The interesting thing about Pistan is I think that he's, we don't, we're not seeing a lot of him right now only because of the fact that there were other good tunes that were released around the same time. But I remember seeing some YouTube videos of like maxed out Pistan and, and he seems pretty viable. Yeah. I think, I think that just the fact that he came out, you know, when the Rogue One tunes came out, and I think he kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But now that he's farmable, I, I think that we're going to see, yeah, I think we're going to see more of him. I'm, I'm still working on my clones, so I haven't, I haven't started farming him yet. I'm working on my fives. Um, and I just, that for some reason, Cantina Store, I just don't have a lot of currency saved up, even though I'm the the guild's hoarder <laughs> and float, I float around 2000 uh, right now because I'm trying to just seven star fives. Gotcha. And I was buying a ton of ship currency, uh, yeah. which I don't have, which I don't have to do anymore. But. Yep. I did that for a while as well, but still had quite a bit saved up cause I hadn't really been buying anything in there for a while. But yeah, so I, I think he could be really good. Like we said, under a dot team and He's that uh, that frenzy ability just makes him really good there. Um, as far as using him in a rebel team or something along those lines, I think he could have some usage as far as being uh, stormtrooper Han like, like making him as fast as possible and to give turn meter to everybody and then just kind of use him to keep getting basic attacks there for a while. He could mm-hmm. be part of a pretty good uh you know initial assault but i'm not sure how good he would be as the match gets further into it you know once his frenzy wears off yeah and and michael i totally consider you um more of a strategist when it comes to arena i know like i feel like you like to focus a lot on control um so that he totally seems like if you, the fact that you said that you were farming him does does not surprise me. You know what I mean, like I think he fits in 
to the type of teams that, that you like to run. So Yeah, and that's kind of where my intrigue with him initially started whenever we heard about him. But yeah, I'll have to I'll have to get him up there, maybe play with him and kind of see see where it leads to. But uh he he could be a little bit interesting. Wish he was a little bit faster. Speed's 145, which is adequate. It's not bad, but it's not necessarily fast either. So, Well, he's not Ventress, so. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, um, I think it's time to talk about the character that I think is probably the most interesting out of all these. Okay. Jen Urso. She's a character that I've been wanting for a while. I'm Frustrated that she's in the guild store, but I understand why. I am obviously farming her. I'm, I think after I finish Darth Nihilus, there's a good chance that she may be the person that I gear up because I've just been wanting to gear her up for so long. Uh, I'm going to run through and kind of run over her abilities because she has quite a few of them. Her basic is yeah. press the attack, deal physical damage, target enemy with a 70% chance to gain advantage for two turns. Rebel counterattack, four turn cooldown, deal physical damage to all enemies and grant target ally 100% turn meter and advantage for two turns. Any critical hits that are scored revive a random ally, random rebel ally with 20% max health for each critical hit scored. And that is an AOE, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, on Strike has a two turn cooldown. It deals physical damage to the target enemy and removes all turn meter. Jen then gains that much turn meter. On a critical hit, she stuns the target for one turn. And then her leader ability, rebel allies have plus 35% potency, recover 5% protection whenever they gain a buff. Enemies that suffer debuffs during rebel allies' turns have a 50% chance to also become exposed for two turns, and the exposed cannot be resisted. So... If you have somebody, you know, uh, that does debuffs, there's not a whole lot of rebel ally, you know, rebels that do debuffs that I can think of. Um, Phoenix, I can't remember if Phoenix Squadron may help change that a little bit. But anyway, um, could be an interesting leader ability, uh, depending on, you know, if you really need people exposed. But the... Uh, the most interesting part of that is the rebel allies that gain or recover 5% protection whenever they gain a buff. Uh, that requires Zetas. I'm not sure that that's worth it. Um, and then her unique is she is immune to stuns. That part comes from the Zeta. And then she also gains 10% potency each time she scores a critical hit. Which with an AoE, there's a good chance that she'll be landing some critical hits. So I'm actually really excited for Jin. I want to try her in Rancor. That's why I'm. That's why I'm collecting shards for her. Okay, what's but I your wonder thought there? You, uh, well, <clears throat> I wonder if this fierce determination, um, Jin is immune to stuns. I wonder if that means the Rancor can't stun her. Uh, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't done a lot of digging into it. I just remember some early videos of people soloing the Rancor with uh, Jin. And since I don't have uh, I don't have a Zeta Darth Vader, um, she might be able to fill that that spot for me. Since That's kind of interesting. Right now, since right now I can't, um, 
you know, I have to try really, really hard in Rancor now to get in the top 10, which blows my mind. But obviously we have people in our guild that can solo it. Right. So, yeah. Um, so anyways, I was hoping that maybe she would be a, an interesting, uh, you know, a, an interesting tune that I could work on that, you know, may be more viable for Rancor. Um, if I'm not going to Zeta Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how useful she could be, uh, depending on your team build. The fact that she gives 100% turn meter and advantage, that's very interesting. Um, reviving a rand, random rebel ally. So I'm assuming if there's only like one other rebel ally, it's not going to be random. Like she's going to, <laughs> it's going to be that one that she, you know, right. revives. So if you're using her with one rebel or something along those lines, you can kind of count on that person getting revived. So just make sure that it's somebody that you uh, have a lot of use for. But I think the 100% turn meter gain is interesting. Could be in a an arena, uh, like you said, the raids. Because, like, if you have... Um, trying to think of someone that you might want to give 100% turn meter to. Um, she could be useful with Darth Nihilus. I mean, 100% turn meter is basically like a one turn or a uh, a cooldown reduction of one, especially when you yeah. get to target it. So if there's somebody that you want to get that, um, that cooldown reduced on, she's going to be a really good character to use for that. I'm not sure how that does on defense. That has always been my worry with her because I like knowing how guys operate on defense. I that that's kind of my big hang-up with her. Do do you have any idea how uh, how she works on defense? Well, the only thing so Mike in our guild, um, he I think he took all of the Rogue One tunes to uh, Gear Eleven, um, and he was running the Rogue One team in arena for a while and ended up switching back um, uh, to a Sith team or switching to a Sith team because she, they were falling too much. Um, and then also that, that other guy I talked about before in my arena shard transform, he had took taken uh, all the rope one tunes to seven stars and, and G 11. And, and he said, it just, it didn't hold on defense. I don't know. I'm talking about a, like a pure rogue one team. I, I don't know. Jin just by herself on a mixed team like you were talking about. But from what I've heard so far, um, they don't do, they don't do too hot on uh, defense. Yeah. You don't know who the AI, you don't know who the AI is going to choose. Um, yeah. You know, to uh, give the turn meter to, to give the turn meter to. Yeah. And that's something so. I'd like to run some tests with like maybe in galactic war and see if, See if maybe she gives it to the person with the least amount of turn meter or something along those lines. Because if that's what she does, that would actually be something that you could kind of... Uh, yeah, just make that fit. person slow. Yeah, right? exactly. and Or actually just make them one speed faster than her. So if they go before her, they're going to have the least turn meter whenever she goes. Ah, smart. So if, smart. if that's how it works, I mean, I think she could be a very, very dangerous character. Because, I mean, could you imagine, like, a, I mean, Darth Nihilus, or s imagine him going twice in a row, or General Kenobi, well, 
I don't know if you'd want to do it with General Kenobi. Kind of depends on. I, I'm fr- uh, quick tangent. General Kenobi. I'm yeah. kind of frustrated. I had somebody record a video of my team and General Kenobi. <laughs> whenever everyone has tenacity up, he calls in all the assists. He doesn't give everyone retribution. I was so upset whenever I seen that. I'm like, give retribution, dang it! But no, oh well. <laughs> anyway, I don't have I don't have the luxury of somebody recording, um, fighting my arena team. Yeah, that's that's something else uh, that is so beneficial about like having the Discord channel with your, you know, people from your arena is you can have people actually record your team so you can go back, analyze it, and get an idea of what's wrong with it, how you can improve it, where your weak link is, if somebody's not doing something the way you think that they should, like, can you swap that person out for someone else? This goes back to what I've obviously talked about since the very beginning of this podcast is making your arena team operate on defense the way you would want to operate it makes a huge difference, you know, whenever you're not operating it, obviously. Um, And that's, that's a really important part, knowing which abilities are going to be used when. So that's obviously a great tool for figuring stuff like that out. Yeah. One of the things actually, um, so the, the two guys in the 502nd Legion um, that I, that I chat with, um, I had to put, obviously I put my pride aside when, um, you know, when they were telling me that my team is horrible on defense. But one of the things that they said, and maybe I'll help our listeners, um, is you can see how your team will act on defense in two ways. Um, if you don't mind spending the crystals, the best way is to just in arena, um, auto battles and watch and see how your team how your team fights and how it, how it reacts. Yep. Then the other, the other one, which is not as good or not as good, but still a viable way is galaxy war, especially like yep. don't use your arena team and then auto battle, like no nine or node 11 or whatever, or no 12. If you have a hard no 12 and see how it, see how it um, reacts. Yep. Absolutely. And one thing you want to be careful with on autoing do not target anyone because as soon as you target somebody, it completely throws, you know, that AI off. You're, you're influencing how the AI operates. So do not right. target, just hit the auto button and let it do its thing. What is the, does the, because uh, it defaults to the leader, right? I, I think so, but I'm not sure. I know, I really haven't paid that much attention here lately. I know it used to be it wouldn't necessarily target any individual person until you clicked to target someone, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it I'm not sure if it automatically picks someone target when you're on offense or not. That's a good okay. question. That that would be something to look at before you try that also and take right. that into account. Um but anyway, yeah, that's kind of uh so, uh, something else on Jen is the fact that she is her speed is one sixty three. So, so she's obviously just looking at that very fast. Fast. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you put her her under like an Akbar lead or a Lando lead, I mean, she's you can get her to what one eighty five or one eighty eight speed really easy. That's fast before any mods, and I mean, before any mods, it's nothing to add a hundred speed to somebody. Uh, not nothing, but I mean, that's doable, especially with a speed bonus. 
Like, you don't mm-hmm. need too ridiculous of mods to be able to do something like that. I mean, that's freaking fast. That's, I mean, she'd be going, she'd definitely be going first. And then she can give somebody a 100% turn meter. So you could give, make her go first, have a taunter, like maybe a Stormtrooper Han or General Kenobi. You could have somebody do something that helps your team out. Or you could use her to remove all the turn meter of someone else, and she's going to gain that turn meter back. And with her going that fast, she's probably going to be gaining back, you know, 75-80% turn meter. Um, she obviously needs potency for that to happen, so make sure that you add some potency on her. But, because she gains potency over time, but doesn't necessarily have any initially. And if you're using that Truncheon Strike initially, you're obviously going to need potency. But yeah, she could be really interesting in a team comp like that. Now I'm excited Especially to start against, hearing her. Yeah, against Darth Nihilus. Yeah, exactly. Just so he doesn't get his he doesn't get his um, force steal off to reduce. Yep. Uh, to increase his cooldowns. Make her fast and then suck all of his turn meter and. Because he's now you know now that he's. Uh, on most of the arena teams and in my top 20, he's generally the one that I worry about first. Yeah. And and something else with that trench on strike is critical hits will stun the target for a turn. So, I mean, if you hit Darth Nihilus, for example, you take all of his turn meter and stun him. It's basically two turns before he gets to go again. It's not like, right. you know, that's totally different than stunning somebody when they almost have full turn meter. Like, that's knocking them back down to zero and making them go through the cycle twice before they get to make a move. And that's, that's pretty awesome. So I, I think she's by far the most interesting character of all the rogue one characters. Um, if she works great on defense that I'm kind of concerned about, but that's why Baze and Charit are so good. They work amazing on defense, but I think Jin could be the superstar on offense. Yeah, you should run Jin and Hera. That'd be fun. Just it? the call to assist. Just run a team with all of all of the tunes really fast, and I'll make sure all of them have calls to assist. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That could be a lot of fun. Put that on the long term to do list. Yeah, yeah, very very long term. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do. I, I think Jen's going to be my next character, though, after Darth Nihilus, especially after going back and digging into her again. I'm, I'm very intrigued. There's no better feeling than actually having a, a game plan. I'm jealous because, you know, I'm <laughs> super horrible at making decisions. And, you know, like um, just in my defense, um, not that you have me on the on the stand or anything, but with how much, how much gear and how much time uh, it takes to gear somebody up, I think that's, that's where most of my indecision paralysis comes, which is silly, right? It's a game and, and resources, you know, they may be finite in a, a short period of time, but you know, you keep amassing more each day. Yeah. I don't know what my hang up is. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. It's I mean, but what's nice? I mean, like I said last 
or I think it was last week on the podcast, there was nothing as satisfying as taking General Kenobi from unlock <laughs> yeah. to fully maxed. Like, it was awesome. So I definitely yeah. see the desire in holding on to all that stuff because when you get that character that you're super excited about, that you really want to use, that you have a plan for, and you can just max them out and start using them, it's great. So it's it a good strategy. And then you're not wasting resources on characters that may not be so good. If you kind of wait and see what everyone else does with them first and see how good they really are, that way you're not throwing resources into the wind and losing them. Yeah, I, you know, the thing for me is... Um, some of the tunes that I'm not sure about, uh, I'd love to be able to fight them in arena just to see what it's like. Oh, you know? I know. Like Savage. Uh, you know, I'm sure a couple of our friends are cringing that I'm now talking about it on the podcast as well. But I'd love to be able to fight him in arena and see, you know what I mean? See how hard he is to beat. I do. I've seen some YouTube videos and I know on the forum people either think he's awesome uh, or they think he's just so so, like a a non-starter in terms of making a big change uh, to how well you do in arena. So, uh, I've fought and, several yeah. in mine and he's very, very annoying. Uh, especially with the Sith assassin. It's like, you'll have a character with half protection and then Savage comes in and kills him. You're like, what the hell? And then you realize that they had less than half health. You're like, Oh, great. So yeah, he's, he's interesting, but, uh, Definitely has a place and can be very annoying when put in that place. Right. Well, uh, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, that was pretty much all we had to discuss, and we still managed to go an hour and 15 minutes. Wonderful. Um, hey, Eric? Michael, actually, uh, just really quickly, okay. do you want to give out your ally code one more time? Uh, yes, I can do that. And like I said, I will also put this uh, on the Reddit page. So go there, track it down. Um, my ally code is 272-797-521. And like I said, y'all can add me and I'll try to keep it cycled so people can use my journal Kenobi if they want. And uh, something else I would like to bring up. Dan and I have a plan for next week's episode. Go to the Reddit page for episode 38 of the Shadow Roar podcast, which is this episode. If you have any questions that you want to ask Dan or I, go post them, upvote which questions you like. We want to do a Q&A thing next week, so if you would, go do that. Let us know what you want to hear about, what you think, uh, I don't know, might be interesting for us to talk about, and we're going to try to do a full Q&A type episode next week if we get enough questions, uh, and you can obviously find us on Reddit, ping us questions, uh, Twitter, Shadowed Order, um, all those good places. Uh, you can obviously find the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. I've been doing a better job at po actually getting those posted on YouTube. They're all up there, so if you want to listen there, you can go do that. Uh, they, they usually come out about a day or so after uh, we release it on iTunes and everything, just because it takes a little bit of extra production and everything to get that done. I would like to say thanks to Eric for joining us on the podcast for the second as time. Always, it was as fun. Always, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And we may be seeing you again in the future. Uh, good. Always good to have guests on here on occasion. Might be something we 
might try to do a little bit more often. Um, we should do a round table. I want to do a round table. I do too. I really do. Uh, that would be maybe a lot after of your creepy pasta episode <laughs> next week's creepy pasta episode of questions. Maybe you guys can put together a round table, even get some other guests on. Um, yeah. I know there's a couple people that you've been looking into, so that'd be great. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. So, um, that may be something that's coming in the future. We will have to work out a few things as far as audio quality and Skyping and getting that stuff recorded and everything. Um, just to make sure that it sounds as good as possible. Cause you know, with these Skype things and not everybody having, you know, the best way to record stuff, yeah. it can get a little funky, but, uh, yeah, that's something we'll be looking into into the future as well. Awesome. Well, uh, that wraps it up. So thanks for listening. Thanks again, Eric. And we will see you next week. Later. All right. Bye.